Welcome back. Welcome back to Teachers of Good Things. This is Mrs. Cherry and Reverend Michelle O's, and we are just sharing with you from our hearts the things that we des- we believe God desires for us to share with you. And we left on Isaiah, the 30th chapter, verse number 18. In our last podcast, we talked about how special it was that a holy God waits on us so that he can bless us, so that he can be kind to us. And this time we want to talk about the B part of that verse, which means that we also have to wait on him. So we're going to start by reading the scripture and then we will get into the details. Isaiah, the 30th chapter, verse number 18. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are they that wait for him. And so now we're going to be talking today about what it means as a Christian for us to wait on the Lord. But we're also supposed to be of good courage while we wait on him. And many of us have learned through From the Heart Church Ministries that waiting doesn't mean just do nothing. Waiting doesn't mean sitting back and saying God is going to do everything. But waiting is a special honor and a privilege for us because we know that during our time of waiting, God is doing some wonderful things that we may not know of. Take it away, Miss Terry. <laughs> yeah, waiting also implies like when we go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and we have someone to serve us. So while we're waiting for answers from God, remember to stay in the service of God. And wherever you go, if opportunities present themselves, be a bold soldier for the Lord. That's waiting on the Lord. And if there are issues, just be assured that God has the answers. And what we have to do is don't lean to our own understanding and try to solve things our way. Because God does have the answer, and we just have to wait. We have to be patient. Can you imagine what it's like after being married for 21 days short of 50 years? You go to the hospital with your husband to have a simple procedure, and he doesn't come back home. And you're like, God, what happened? You have to wait for the peace of God that passes understanding to come in and to fill your heart, to minister to you. You have to wait. You'll never get answers as to why. It's not even important as to why. But you have to wait on God's assurance that all is well. It's not the end of the world. My husband left me and went to heaven, but I'm still living. And so every day I live my life with an expectancy of what God's going to require of me next. And I try to stay in tune to his will for my life. And so I, with much expectancy, wait on what God's going to say to me. But the thing that's so important is that when he speaks, I have to hear. And if I hear, in order to hear, I have to be teachable because he's going to say things that I don't want to hear. Amen to (laughs) that. He's going to say things that I'm like, are you kidding me? But we have to patiently wait knowing that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So while we're waiting on God, seek him, serve him, 
Be the best that you can be and do the best that you can do. And God will answer all of those prayers and all of those concerns. So, Michelle, what does it mean for you to wait on the Lord? (laughs) We're turning the tables. All right. (laughs) Well, like you, um, my husband and I had just returned from Egypt, a beautiful trip, and we came back to the United States the day before the borders to the country was going to be closed. We were very careful. With all of our time away, we were in masks. We had Lysol swabs. We cleaned, we almost cleaned the whole airplane and people were asking us for our Lysol wipes. Uh, at the resort we were staying at in Egypt, we cleaned that up, uh, with Lysol. We made sure that we were very careful. And then we came back to the country that we live in and we were the only people wearing masks. Um, the entire international airport in the city we were in, we were still, we were on only two people wearing masks and people were coming in in droves from all over the world. But long story short, uh, in less than seven days, a strong, beautiful man, handsome, <laughs> handsome, but beautiful to me yes. inside and out, had a beautiful personality, a wonderful person. Um, you know, he went into the hospital. And on the seventh day, he was gone. The and seventh the day. The seventh day. My. And this is a man who took no medications and had no illnesses. And so, you know, people talk about, you know, preconditions. Yeah, pre-existing, pre-existing conditions. Yeah. He didn't have any of those. And when he went to the hospital, I there was no expectation that he would not come home. Yeah. And so when I got the call, and this this is waiting upon the Lord, When I got the call that morning to tell me that my husband had COVID and that they were working on him, and then she asked me, did I want to continue them to continue? And I said, absolutely. I said, do whatever you can do to keep him alive. I said, that is my husband. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she said, okay, he's back. And I could hear the heartbeat in the background that his heart had started again. And then I went to my closet and I prayed. I said, Lord, she asked me a question and I just answered it. I said, but I didn't ask you what your will was for my husband. I'm only saying what my will is. I said, so God, if I have overstepped, if I said, and I pray that your will and my will are one today, I hope it's the same, Yeah, but it wasn't the same. same. I got the call back a few minutes ago. Once I said, thy will be done, I got the call. They said he was gone. Wow. And so I had to just adjust to the fact that my God loved me still, though my husband was gone, that he was his son. Just my husband, but his son. Yes. He had every right to bring him home. That my husband had labored to his reward. So I had to wait on the Lord to fix me to where he was, not to the pain that I felt. Yes. Um, and I had my very first in life panic attack. I didn't know what a panic attack was. I never had one. Right. But it was like I forgot to breathe. And when I finally did breathe, I was, because I just, I never experienced that. It was, it was a complete shutdown of mind, body, and soul. 
And I was trying to figure out from this moment, you know, where is my life without my husband? Right. But the beautiful thing was that God waited on me to recognize that he was with me before I met my husband. Right. He was now. He was the one that kept me with my husband. Right. Isn't that right. the truth? <laughs> Fixed me to right. stay right. in the relationship with my husband. Um, only because I didn't know how to be a wife. I didn't know anything about marriage. I it was God who had to fix me, right. change me, and make me adaptable, fit and adaptable to the call that was on my husband's life. And to just appreciate the wonderful life that he allowed us to have. Yes. To see other people come to Christ as a result of the commitment that he had to teaching the gospel. And that I had an opportunity to organize and get life in a place that he could obey God and not worry. So I had to wait on the Lord. Yeah. Every day, yeah. just every moment as he changed everything in my life, everything, because some people, you know, lose their their husbands, uh, but they get to stay in their same house, go to their same church, be in their same neighborhood. But God moved me across state, right? changed my my job, ended my 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 ministry, ended your insurance, <laughs> <laughs> right. health insurance. That was my biggest shock. <laughs> Mine too. Mine right. too was like, it is today. Right. I don't have a minute I have, to find me. Right. I have no insurance. <laughs> right. So, and I thank God that you called me to tell me what you did about your insurance. Right. Although I couldn't do the same thing because right. Right. I wasn't old enough. Medicare right. and Medicaid didn't want to hear from me. <laughs> but, but, um, God was waiting to be kind to me. Yes. Yes. He was waiting to help me. Yes. You know, and as soon as I could get beyond the issues of my personal grief and get to where I remembered that it was he that created me and not, not me myself, <laughs> that I was the sheep of his yes. pasture. His pasture. And that yes. he was going to lead me to the place that he so desired for me because it was, okay, where do I go? What do I do? What, what now, God? Because everything has changed in a moment, in a day. And I'm twinkling up there. Right. And then I asked this question of him. I said, Heavenly Father, what is it that you need from me that you had to derail my entire life to get? To get. My goodness, what a question to him. Yeah, it was like, it better be big because yeah. <laughs> this is big. Yeah. You know? And so we, we're in this moment I right think, now. Yeah, I think this is a part of the answer yes. to that. Yes. Because you are absolutely left alone. Yeah. And I didn't have, none of us have the same experience. Mm-hmm. We have the loss. We yes. have the pain. We have the hurt. But none of us have the same experience. And, I mean, it's a complete rearrangement of your entire yes. life. And one of the things that my husband said to me before he left about a month or two before he left, he said, D, if anything should ever happen to me, you should be able to maintain our same standard and level of living. And I said to him, John, why would you even say that to me? Nothing's going to happen to you. I had no idea why he said it. I had no idea if he was struggling. I just, I don't know. I don't know still why he said it. But that has been one of the most comforting things that he mm-hmm. could have said to me because I know what we did. I know how we lived. And so I basically have just been doing 
what we did and going where we went and um, enjoying my life as best I could without him, knowing that there is something else. Yes. And yes. I think that God has orchestrated this thing, yes. put us up like we are to, yes. uh, to help to further that what is to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the wonderful deposit that he's placed on the inside of us. Yes. You know, we didn't sit alongside our husbands all these years taking notes for nothing. For nothing, <laughs> right. He doesn't want that right. just to die in right. us. You know? Right. And we do so want to share um, so that the hearts of yours your hearts can be as full as ours. Yeah. Um, one of the things my husband said to me was, you know, should anything ever happen, this is where everything is. Mm-hmm. And he spe- he specified the drawer, the room, the this, the thus, the that. And I remember thinking, ah, I don't right, really need right. to know that. And and then when he passed and I, I went to some places to look for some things and the Lord spoke to my heart. It's like, why are you in here? He, told he already you. told you. Yeah. And I went to where he said, and everything that I needed was right there. Right. And one of the first things uh, he had actually told my children, if something happens to mom and I together, the first thing you do is call the church, call the bishop, mm-hmm. and he'll be able to tell you what to do from there. Wow. My so God. when my husband passed, my son called the bishop. My goodness. I didn't, I didn't, you know, and by the, when I called the bishop, he already knew because my youngest son had called the bishop because his dad said, if something ever happens, you call the church. And so you have a good church. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, uh, that my son would have the number to even call. Right. Right. He went to school there. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, um, it was God preparing us for everything and for every moment that we we just didn't even know was going to come. Yeah. But we've not lacked any good thing. And God has not withheld any, any good, good thing, thing from us. I tell you, I'm so thankful for um, I'm really thankful for all that we went through, for all that we've done. And I'm thankful that my husband prepared me. I had yes. no idea. That, yeah, you know, he was going to leave me like that. But I'm glad that I feel prepared. And I never we all experience things differently. I never had to have a shutdown, you know, to mm-hmm. the point of forgetting to breathe or mm-hmm. a panic attack or anything. But and I also didn't have instructions on where to go for things because I did all of the bills and mm-hmm. I knew where everything was. But. I looked at the will and trust after he was gone, and I'm like, this piece of paper, this big book that I have shunned for so long is now real, mm-hmm. and it's relevant, mm-hmm. and I'm now the trustee. Mm-hmm. That was my shocker. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, to just be responsible. You know, and I think one of the things that I learned in greater detail after the the loss of my husband is that one of the greatest gifts in life we have save salvation in Jesus Christ is the opportunity to love and to be loved by someone. What a precious opportunity to care for someone in the stead of a holy God, that he can trust you with their life. And he has trusted your life with them. And only God can keep you straight in the process of the years and the days that you're together to remind you that this is not just your husband or your children. This is a life I've entrusted to you. My goodness. You work in my stead. So don't tell them what you think. 
Tell them what I said. (laughs) What a blessing. All right. Well, that is going to bring us to a close on our third, Third. no, fourth, fourth fourth podcast of Teachers of Good Things. We hope that your heart is being warmed as ours is, as we have an opportunity to share with you some of the issues of our life. We want you to know that being a Christian does not mean everything is going to be easy, but it does mean that you have a God who will wait on you, who is waiting to be kind to you because he loves you. Yes. And he gives us the grace to endure. Yes, absolutely. We love you. See you on the next Next one. Bye. Bye.